This is the Jason Walker Show. Two-time National Sports Media Association Montana Sportscaster of the Year and three-time loser, the Jason Walker Show, the best local and statewide sports coverage featuring the biggest guests from Montana. Flint Rasmussen uh, joining us here on the Jason Walker Show. It's freaking exhausting, too. You used to dance a lot more. Yeah, I know, lady. I'm 51 years old now. The NAI Hall of Famers Mike Van Deese joining us here Jason Walker Show. And is it just a deal where quarterbacks have to be good golfers? Well, it's all they have time for. They don't work out. They don't lift weights. They don't do anything else. They might as well go get on the golf course and at least have some fun. And from across the country. Doug Gottlieb, I guess, here on the Jason Walker Show. End of the day, remember, it, it's your show. It's got your name on it. Howie Mandel, our guest here. Jason Walker. Deal or no deal. The Jason Walker Show. Broadcasting from the Major Mortgage Man Cave. Here's Jason Walker. Hey, happy Friday. The Jason Walker Show, presented by Capital Collision Center. Montana State Law says it is your vehicle, it is your choice where you have it repaired. Choose the Capital Collision Center. Inside the major mortgage man cave on a Friday, and we made it. It is National Hat Day today, so I don't normally wear a hat, but I am wearing one today. And it is my new Colorado Mesa, Mesa State Rodeo team hat that I got from Coach Brandon Edwards uh, last week. We announced the uh, ski joining down in Colorado together. So this is my my Mesa State. It's it's all it's Colorado Mesa, but it's always going to be Mesa State. But uh, my new rodeo hat. So appreciate that uh, from uh, from Brandon. So there you go. Uh, big show today. We're going to talk to Governor Greg Gianforte's budget director, Kurt Almy, coming up uh, in about 40 minutes or so, 45 minutes. Also going to join us in uh, about uh, 15 minutes is Sam Herter from Hero Sports FCS. That is because we have some pretty big news come out this morning. Um, I believe yours truly actually broke it first. But we'll just go ahead and, and, and give credit to everybody. But the Big Sky Conference announcing... Uh, with Montana and Montana State in a joint statement today that, well, there will be, there will be no Bobcat or Grizzly football this spring. And look, we knew this was coming. We, we did. And we'll talk more about that here in a second, but don't forget the Jason Walker show. Is brought to you in part by Auto Concepts, and Auto Concepts has uh, remote starters. It is going to get cold. <laughs> it is, I promise. Uh, it is going to get cold at some point, but uh, remote starters are definitely a way to go. Get into uh, Auto Concepts today. Uh, so, there you go. Um, don't forget, you can watch live on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Listen live, Podbean, Network One Sports, Treasure State Radio, and uh, much, much more. Go to JasonWalkerShow.com. So the Cats and the Grizz not going to play football for the spring. Portland State also opting out, and it's three months to the day that Sac State opted out back in October, on October 15th. So four of the Big Sky teams not going to play. Now, the Big Sky Conference says that the other nine are committed to playing a six-game conference schedule. I don't know, though, because Northern Arizona, with the Cats, the Grizz, and Portland State, and I don't have the schedule in front of me, but they were scheduled to play two of those three 
in the first two weeks. So I don't know where NAU is going to make up its games. Well, uh, it's just interesting that the Big Sky is uh, is is going through this now. Look, everybody you know is giving a hard time to a lot of the coaches and players, saying, "Oh, you just didn't want to practice in the cold." Well, have you been to Montana in February? A lot of people don't want to be outside in the cold, especially football players. Now, look, it's different. When you start in August and it's, you know, 100 degrees and you end in December when it's below zero, you've prepped for it. It gets, it, it gets cold. Okay. Gradually. It doesn't just, Hey, here it is in February. Let's start practice and it's 10 below. And then it warms up. That, I mean, that's nice that it warms up, but that's not where it is. So. Yeah, that's a big deal. And then you mention, you know, the health and safety of players. Okay. Makes all the sense in the world. Jeff Choate, the head coach of Montana State, talked about it on this very show last fall. That he wasn't planning on a spring season. Because you cannot sacrifice fall of 2021 to quote or paraphrase Coach Choate, to paraphrase, you can't sacrifice fall of 21 to have a spring in 2021. 20, and that's what Montana, Montana State, wisely decided not to do. They pulled out. And they're going to still try to schedule some, you know, a couple of non-conference games. Um, not sure if they can play other Big Sky teams. I don't believe they can. I, I did hear that uh, from a source that uh, Montana State and Coach Choate are looking at maybe getting a couple of frontier teams to to uh, play, you know, like a type of a, like scrimmage, spring ball type stuff uh, for a couple of games. But is that feasible? I know that there's a couple of coaches that wouldn't want that because, I mean, if you risk getting beat up. And that's the same reason a lot of these teams – across the country, are not going to play in the spring. They don't want to get beat up at any level and then turn around again in August and start playing football again. So it's a good decision by the Cats and the Grizz to not play, as well as Portland State. So where does it leave Eastern Washington, Weber, the two Idaho schools? Is Eastern Washington even going to be able to play based off of their state? I mean, that's something else to keep thinking of. You know, California is in the same boat. Cal Poly, UC Davis. You know, Sac State already said in October they're not going to play in the spring. But what about Cal Poly and UC Davis? Well, these are two teams that are usually decent, middle of the pack of the big sky. And Davis has aspirations of championships. Now, can they – I mean, San Francisco 49ers, a professional team, had to leave – the Bay Area, and go to Arizona to finish the season because county commissioners in the Bay Area said, yeah, you can't have gatherings. So keep an eye on those California schools. So you have Weber, a a top 10 perennial team, and others that now, I mean, who's going to play? You got Weber State, 
Eastern Washington, and then the rest of the Big Sky right now. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Another thing to think about, where does the Frontier do? Remember, the Frontier also canceled last fall. What does the Frontier season do now in the spring? Uh, Dan Shepard over at the Helena IR, him and I were talking, and he did all the, the he did some legwork, and, and good for him. Um, Montana State University spokesperson confirmed to uh, Daniel Shepard from the IR today, NAIA schools that are part of the MSU university system, so the Montana University system, like Montana Tech, UM Western, MSU Northern, can still play football this spring despite what the Cats and the Grizz decided not to do. But here's the thing. Will they? Now, I was told that this is the main reason the Frontier didn't play in the fall. I was told this a couple of weeks ago. Frontier was ready to go in the fall. They were going to play the five-team Montana schedule. They, they said, screw the Cascade schools, like, Southern Oregon, Eastern Oregon, and College of Idaho. The Frontier said, yeah, screw them. They're not going to play in the spring or till the spring anyway, so screw it. We don't need them. Well, Northern, Western, Tech, that's all bad optics. If you're going to play football when your bigger schools in your school system are not, i.e. the Cats and the Grizz. That was in the fall. Well, guess what just happened now? Cats and the Grizz pulled out of the spring season. Will the Frontier have to do the same again? Is Northern, is Western, is Tech going to play? And if they don't, they can play Carroll in Rocky only? It's bad optics. That's the reason. It'll be interesting to see if Seth Bodner, uh, UM president in Missoula, and Waded Cruzado, the president of Montana State, will maybe have something to say about those teams playing. And then you don't know, because right now you still can't play Cascade basketball, right, in Oregon. So how the heck are you going to play football? Football's a different thing. It's a different animal, remember? Football's always a different beast. But uh, keep an eye out. But no cats and no grizz this spring. And honestly, it makes sense. The coaches didn't want it. I mean, even Bobby Houck said it today. You know, they, they think they're a championship team. They don't want to risk anything in the spring for really a a Bush League spring season and then turn around and play in the fall if something bad happens in the spring. They want to be full ready to go in the, in the fall, which is what Montana State and Coach Jeff Choate do as well. So it'll be interesting to, to keep an eye on, like I said. But no Cats, no Grizz, what happens with the Frontier? We are worried about the Cats and the Grizz, and we'll talk about it when we come back. Sam Herder will join us from Hero Sports FCS. As uh, we'll get his thoughts on the Cats and the Grizz. And also, what does the rest of the FCS look like for the spring? 
Will there be a playoff system? We'll find out. Sam joins us next here on the Jason Walker Show. We're presented by Capital Collision Center. And we say it all the time. Montana State Law says it is your vehicle. It is your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center. Now, if you take your vehicle there, the customer service um, is unbelievable. And we've talked about that a lot this week. But one other thing we, we should talk about, too, is now manufacturers have a repair manual for repairing their vehicles. They spend millions of dollars to achieve safety ratings. They want their vehicles properly repaired to manufacturer specification. Capital Collision was one of the first shops in the country to become manufacturer certified. That requires special training and equipment to be on the programs. It's very important to Capital Collision that your vehicle is properly repaired to manufacturer repair requirements to maintain the safety and value of your vehicle. That's a couple of things that uh, really set Capital Collision Center apart. Check them out on Euclid in Helena. Coming right back, Sam Herder, Hero Sports, next. New vehicles keep coming, and Capital Collision Center keeps earning certifications to repair them. They're Helena's newest GM-certified facility. No matter the make or year, they repair your car to manufacturer's standards and requirements, maintaining its safety and value. Montana State Law says it's your vehicle, and it's your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center, certified in GM, Subaru, and Nissan, and Helena's only shop certified in Honda, Acura, and Ford. When you value safety, go to Capital Collision Center on Euclid. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918, or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122, equal housing lender. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings, or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rucker's Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rucker's, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rucker's Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Yes, it's true that Montana is a long way from the Gulf Coast, but you can bring that Cajun flavor home with a stop at Cafe Zydeco. From po'boys to classic sandwiches, Cafe Zydeco has all the best Cajun in town. Are you in the mood for seafood gumbo or crawfish etouffee? Maybe you're craving jambalaya with some shrimp and grits. Head in for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or call ahead for pickup or delivery. Cafe Zydeco will fix all your southern cravings, even on a chilly Montana day. Cafe Zydeco is a proud sponsor of the Jason Walker Show.
Welcome back to the Jason Walker Show. Welcome back, Jason Walker Show. This segment brought to you by Rutgers Furniture. Make the quality choice for your home at Rutgers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. Uh, got some breaking news that came out uh, just before we went on the air, and that is uh, uh, from Tim McMahon, the activities director at Helena Public Schools. So Helena originally, for the first few uh, first week or so of basketball season, said uh, you get one parent in the stands to watch kids, 25 people at Matt. I mean, like that, that was it. No visitors, so they changed it. Lewis and Clark County Health Department uh, has given approval for the school district to expand the number of spectators allowed in the district high school sporting events. Uh, starts tomorrow with uh, Capital Boys Basketball and Sentinel. So now you get, in Helena, three spectators per participant for Helena teams and two spectators per participant for the visiting school. Brings Helena School District more in line with all AA schools and communities across the Western AA. So now it allows for near max capacity of 249 at larger events. It's effective immediately, like I said, and will go into effect for tomorrow's Capital uh, Boys game with uh, Sentinel over at the Bears Den. So I don't think we had a. Uh, there were no. I don't. I don't think the former governor's family caused any issues this time around. I don't think the, they cheated the system like they did before. Um, it's just actually a smart thing. And I've been saying this. Okay, why can't the seven AA school, cities in the state of Montana, you've got Billings, Bozeman, Belgrade, Butte, Helena, Great Falls, Kalispell, so the eight, um, and Missoula. So you've got eight AA school cities, okay, 16 schools in those cities. Why can't those school districts and health departments get together and say, um, let's just have a uniform double A. Now, because we can't have the same in Seiko or SCOBY as we do in, in Missoula. I get that. But we can sure the hell have the same amount of spectators in the stands in the double A schools, right? Uh, right? Am I, am I off base on this one? I'm trying to help parents out. I'm trying to get more people in the stands. Why can't we have the same amount in Butte, as we do in Kalispell, or in Billings, as we do in Great Falls. You know what I'm saying? Call me crazy, I guess. Uh, still to come, we will chat with uh, Kurt Almy, the budget director for Governor Greg Gianforte. Also uh, on the state in history, and uh, much more coming up, including the walk-off. Jason Walker Show is presented by Capital Collision Center, and earlier today, the Cats and the Grizz announced in a joint statement that they uh, will not play spring football season. Joining us now to chat about it on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline, none other than, well, one of the most powerful voices in all of FCS, Sam Herder. And he joins us now on National Hat Day on the Jason Walker Show. All right, first off, man, uh, Happy New Year. How has your uh, winter been so far? Uh, it's been all right. Uh, you know, honestly, weather-wise, uh, it's been pretty tame as far as living here in the in the Minneapolis area. It hasn't gotten too cold, not a whole lot of snow. Uh, so as far as the weather, I, you know, I've experienced a lot worse winters than, than what we're experiencing right now over here in Minnesota. There's no, same here in Montana. There's no uh, no question about that. Although I think it's uh, snowing 
in Missoula as we speak. Um, and that is where we'll, uh, we'll transition is the snowfall that fell today. The snow bomb is so-called, if you want, not really unexpected, but still expected. You know what I'm saying, that uh, the Cats and the Grizz uh, opting out of the Big Sky Conference football season. You knew it was going to happen or you felt it was going to happen. Um, give me your takeaway today once the news became official. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was not caught off guard by this. wasn't really all that surprised. Um, you know, just going back a month, even two months, you always kind of either heard rumblings or just kind of got that vibe that Montana and Montana State were never too enthused about possibly playing in the spring. Uh, and more so than anything, practicing outside in February to get those players geared up and ready to go for a, a season that, that starts in March. You know, you just always felt like they weren't too enthused about it. And, and so, you know, this morning heard that some announcements uh, from those two programs uh, were coming. And then, you know, a little bit before the announcement became official, you know, I was sent a, a screenshot of what the press release was going to say. So then I, I ran with that. But, I mean, it wasn't, um, you know, I know I know a lot of FCS fans kind of took that as a huge shock. But for me, it wasn't. Wasn't too much of a surprise, uh, but it still is obviously a big blow uh, to the FCS just because you have, uh, you know, with Portland State as well, that's three teams from a power FCS conference, and then with Montana, Montana State, you know, two top ten programs, arguably two top five preseason programs that won't be playing uh, in the spring or won't be playing a full Big Sky schedule in the spring. Well, and, you know, and Sac State announced in, what, October 15th that, uh, what, mm-hmm. all, to the day three months ago that they weren't going to do it uh, and, and participate. I anticipate we'll see more based off of, you know, the if the Cats and Grizz won't do it, there's going to be some other ones that are probably going to say, yeah, you know what, we're not, we're going to follow suit as well. Um, and, and, and really, Sam, from the financial aspect, I'll just jump right into that it makes more sense to not play this spring than to actually try to have a season with no fans and travel involved and all that. Yeah, you know, the good sign for the FCS is there are a lot more teams that appear committed to play in the spring uh, than not. Uh, There are, uh, I believe now there are up to 27 teams that have opted out, but there are still 100 teams that are scheduled to play games in the spring. Now, I believe more opt-outs are coming, but I, I don't think it's going to be an avalanche of, you know, just 50 teams in the next two weeks. I, I don't necessarily see that happening. I, I think we'll see teams here or there kind of scattered across the country. Uh, you know, maybe a, a, an entire conference will opt out like the Pioneer Football League, but the good news is it seems there are a lot of teams that are committed to playing in the spring. And, you know, I'm obviously excited about that. It gives me, you know, something to cover, but it is, it is hard to find a lot of arguments as far as the motivation behind playing in the spring. Uh, because in a normal year in normal fall, we're in a, in a non COVID world. A lot of FCS schools lose money as it is as just normal you know, in a, in a normal fall season, they mm-hmm. lose their school money just by operating. There's no tick, there's not a ton of ticket revenue, and you know, there's no massive TV deals in the FCS. And now in the spring, you have, uh, if you're lucky, maybe 40% capacity. Uh, you have the travel costs still. Uh, you have all the additional testing costs as well. 
And so my question is, you know, what exactly is the motivation to play? What is, you know, how can these teams afford to play? Um, but at the same time, I'm not saying these teams shouldn't play in the spring. I think if they are able, if, if they're confident in playing in the spring and think they can finish the season, then by all means uh, play in the spring. And I think, you know, for the players' sake, uh, obviously a lot of them aren't, you know, looking forward to having two seasons in, in such a short, short span. But I do know just from what I gather that players do want to play some games in, in the spring because if the spring season is canceled, some of these players might go nearly two years without playing a game. Right. And that's just not good for a lot of these student athletes. So I guess if there is motivation, it is to, you know, give these players an opportunity to play. And then for some teams, you know, an opportunity to compete for a national championship, that is the motivation, but it's just, you know, does that outweigh just all the other things and all the obstacles that come with playing in the spring? Sam Erger, I guess here, Jason Walker show. You mentioned that in, 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 Playing and that's been the thing from since last spring that we've talked about is playing two seasons in the same year in 2021. And I know everybody's gearing up for the fall season. And with the Cats and the Grizz announcing that they're not going to play, except for maybe you know a two or three game non-conference type schedule, which is what a lot of teams did, including North Dakota State in the fall. Um, but these are going to be more like scrimmages. And are, are are you do you think we'll see more? something like that to where it'll be a, a scrimmage as opposed to a full, full on game. Yeah. yeah I'm not, I, I think this might be uh, something that's unique uh, as far as only playing two non-conference uh, schedules. I, I, I don't know if, I think if teams are going to opt out, they're just going to fully opt out. Um, I don't know if we're going to see a lot more teams that if they do decide to opt out, they're going to do what Montana, Montana state and Portland state do. Uh, I can you know, see a scenario where maybe the FCS turns into, depending on how many teams opt out, and it doesn't seem like the, the playoffs are a good idea to happen. I can see a scenario where, uh, you know, maybe conference day, they're only going to play four or five game conference only, uh, because that one, it, you're not playing into May for the playoffs. You can end your season in, in mid-April. Uh, again, it gives your players a chance to get some games in. Uh, it allows your program to not take two years off or, you know, 20 and 21 months off between games. Um, it also allows, you know, potentially some ticket revenue to come in depending on, you know, some teams. I mean, if any of you can get 30% of people in the Florida Dome, you know, that still is, you know, 6,000 people. So that's some ticket revenue. So I can see a scenario where that does happen, where the playoffs don't happen, but there is a spring season. But as we stand right now, it seems like, uh, the, I mean, the Valley came out before this Montana news and, and said, hey, not even though Indiana State opted out, the rest of the 10 teams are all in for the spring season. I think they, I don't think it was a coincidence they came out with that statement today. I think that was kind of a sign to the other conferences that said, hey, we want to play this spring. We want there to be an FCS playoff, and we want to know that we, we were fully in, you know, for the spring season. So um, as we sit right now, it, it, it a lot of teams are in, and it seems like a lot of teams are motivated to, to buy, for, buy for the playoffs. When you look at the Big Sky now, and you don't have – okay, so Portland State probably wasn't going to be a factor in a division or conference title race, um, and that pains me to say because I like Coach Barnum a lot. I think we all like Coach Bruce Barnum. Um, right. They just don't have the talent. But a Sac State, which was going to be depleted a little bit with quarterback uh, Kevin – what's-his-name leaving – 
Um, and then with the Cats and the Grizz out, and like you said, that's two top five teams potentially, for sure two top ten preseason teams. Now that leaves Weber, which is a playoff team perennially, Eastern Washington. Um, then you throw in Idaho, Idaho State, maybe a UC Davis, maybe Cal Poly, Northern Arizona. I mean, and with Southern Utah still there for now before they officially leave the WAC, there's not a whole lot of great teams left in the Big Sky now. Yeah, and and that's going to be the interesting part with the Big Sky because I know the Big Sky came out with a press release uh, that said there are still you know nine teams that are committed to playing. Uh, a six-game conference schedule in the spring, but I mean, so we, yeah. I mean, if you look at my top five teams uh, that I would that would that I would have had for the uh, you know the spring in the in a normal year, three of them are out: Montana, Montana State, Sacramento State. Uh, you know, my sixth team, I'd, I'd probably I think I put UC Davis there. I feel like it's questionable if UC Davis will play in the spring. Mm-hmm not because they don't want to. I believe they want to play in the, in the spring, but I think there are, you know, I know their basketball program had to, I believe they had to cancel, or not cancel, but postpone their season for now because county guidelines yep. isn't allowing for sports contests or practices or stuff like that. So UC Davis just straight up might not be able to play it. Uh, you know, that leads Weber State and Eastern Washington is two of the easily, you know, easily the top two teams. Uh, but it seems like maybe Washington isn't in a great spot as well. So maybe Eastern might have trouble getting the season in. And then, um, so from there, it's, if you're left with half the teams, does the big sky still want to play? Uh, I, I feel like Weber State really does want to play, um, you know, because they are a national title contender. So I think Weber State wants to play. But if it's Weber State and then, you know, the six bottom teams, you know, what, what does the big sky do? Do they keep on revamping the schedule or do they just say, hey, if you want to play, then, you know, you can play a non-conference schedule, but, but we're not going to have a big sky spring season. I don't I don't know if we'll get to that point, but uh, I, I, there, there could be some more teams in the big sky that, that might not be able to play in the spring. Well, you look at the schedule. Northern Arizona was scheduled to play the Cats and the Grizz the first two weeks. Well, those games are gone, or maybe Portland State, one of those, but those, their first two weeks are gone, so they're left with four now. And then how do you schedule the other two? I mean, this is just a cluster. It really is. And what my question is next, Sam, is like a Cats or the Grizz. They said, okay, they're going to play a couple of, like, spring-type games uh, this year, non-conference, obviously, in the spring. Who do you play? You're not. They, they already said they're not going to play each other. So you're not going to travel to Portland to play because you can't really play in, in the state of Portland because the governor out there has so many rules. And so now who, who's left? And that's some NAI teams in Montana. But are they going to have a season? That's the question in the frontier right now, too. But who do you play? If you're the Cats and the Grizz and you play two games, you're, gonna, you're said you're going to play two, where do those games come from? Right, yeah. And it, it, it and I'm not sure as far as it, it sounds like they won't be playing any Big Sky teams, even though, you know, that could possibly help if, if Eastern Washington and Idaho are, are set to play a game and all of a sudden Idaho can't play because they have an outbreak, you know, maybe Montana State could could slip in that week and play them as a you know, basically a non-conference game but still give Eastern Washington a game for their playoff resume. And that, that would make sense, but I don't think I, – I, I don't know. I guess I don't know if Montana and Montana State are allowed to play Big Sky teams uh, because if you, if you remember back in, uh, back in the fall when the Big Sky – 
uh, decided to postpone the fall season, the Big Sky said their teams can't play non-conference. You know, like right. Valley, when they canceled, they said, hey, if you want to play some non-conference games, you can play up to four. The Big Sky said, nope, no one can play any non-conference games. And so I haven't heard this. This is me just speculating, but I'm guessing the Big Sky said, all right, Montana, Montana State, Portland State, we understand why you're opting out. You guys can play games in the in the spring if you want to, but it has to be non-conference and you can't play Big Sky opponents. I can see a scenario like that. So, I mean, who? yeah, like you said, who Montana, Montana State, who do they play? Is it some of those lower-level teams uh, in Montana? Is it a team like Central Washington? I guess I don't even know if Central Washington is playing in the spring or what other divisions are doing in the spring. You know, there's always a, you know, with Indiana State opting out of the Valley, it sounds like the Valley is going to go and revamp their schedule a little bit, so it is eight-game conference. Uh, but my thinking was, instead of doing eight games, just have, if you were set to schedule, or if you were set to play Indiana State, uh, that game just gets wiped away. You have an open week, and you have an option to play in non-conference in that week. And so, if you're in North Dakota State, I believe North Dakota State was supposed to play at Indiana State in the second week. Um, or maybe later on in the season, but maybe some of these Valley teams can play Montana or Montana State in, in a non-conference game like that. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen because it sounds like the Valley will do eight-game conference only. Uh, but I, they do have that option of only doing seven games with an open week, and maybe Montana, Montana State can grab a game or two uh, from there. So I, I, I don't know exactly what Montana or Montana State will do, um, but I do think it is smart for them to try and play two games just to because like I said if you don't then you're going nearly two years without playing any games at all and that could be that could be tough uh, for the start of the 2021 fall season just because you've gone so long without game action so of the 100 teams Sam left in FCS that said they're going to plan on playing in the spring how many of them are good uh <laughs> but it depends, it depends by what, depends what you mean by good. Um, How many top twenty-five teams are left? Pre, well, I guess yeah, preseason where you would have had these teams ranked. How many of the top twenty-five are still planning on playing? I would say twenty of them are still in. You know, just going this, this will make it easier as far as the twenty-seven teams that opted out. The teams that are good enough to be ranked in the top twenty-five that have opted out, Sacramento State, Montana, Montana State, um, scrolling down, scrolling down, scrolling down, Florida A&M, um, Central Arkansas. Okay. So really, that's five teams I think I just said. Really, of the 27 teams that have opted out, only five of them are really national you know, factors. You know, Towson is kind of borderline there, so maybe five and a half, six. And so for the most part, the top – 40 teams in the FCS, um, or just the top 25 teams are, are still there playing. So, so to me, it's just a matter of who opts out. If, if you know, the, the number 70 team and the number 80, 82, 90, 95 teams opt out, you know, hey, that's not panic. But if, <laughs> if Weaver State, James Madison, and Nichols and Kennesaw State opt out, then it's, ooh, that's, that's not good. Yeah, if you lose half your top 10, which you're already almost at, uh, that's not going to be a good thing. And it really opens the door for NDSU, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, someone's going to have <laughs> to challenge Because they're going to struggle, NDSU right? And, <laughs> uh, someone's going to have to challenge NDSU. And, you know, I thought Montana, Montana State were, were two of those teams that could. But, you know, Weber State is still in it. Same with James Madison. All the, all the other Valley teams are in it, too. So still looking good. 
Um, and we'll just see what these next what this next week brings because we're going to have to. I mean, these teams are going to have to decide pretty soon. You can't keep stringing along your players here and giving them hope that yep. they might be able to play some games in the spring. Well, and that was what what bothered and Montana State coach Jeff Choate so much during the summer was the up and the down, the roller coaster. You didn't know if you were going to have a season or not, and, and he finally got to the point where he's just like, look, th- let's be done with this. And he actually told me back in, gosh, September, October, that you have to know by November if you're going to have a season or not. Well, they waited a month and a half, I guess, but they finally announced their seasons. Um, Real quick question on NDSU. I know they played a game last year to get Trey Lance some exposure. He's gone. Where do they go? Uh, What are you hearing with uh, the Bison? Yeah, I mean, they made a pretty uh, flashy signing. Uh, They they, they – uh, signed a uh, transfer from Virginia Tech. Oh, this seems like a lifetime ago, but it was it was really only two or three weeks ago. Uh, his name is Quincy Patterson, uh, Virginia Tech transfer. He was once a four-star recruit uh, coming out of high school, and they they landed him. And you know, his reason for coming to NSU was hey, you know, because because when he he started some games for Virginia Tech, so when he entered the transfer portal, people were thinking he's going to go to some ACC school. But he came to NSU, and you know, he said. Why not go to NSU? They put their last three quarterbacks in the NFL, so um, that he looks like he's going to take over the starting job um, in the fall. I don't believe he's going to be eligible for the spring season because he did play in some games in the fall of 2020 for Virginia Tech, so he might be ineligible in the spring. But he'll he'll be able to win the starting job in the fall. Uh, but if, so if, if he can't go, it sounds like the starting quarterback will be Zeb Noland. Uh, he is or he was the backup to Trey Lance last year. Uh, last year, he was a, another FBS transfer. He came in from Iowa State. Uh, he started some games for Iowa State um, and then lost the starting job to Trey Lance, uh, which is, in retrospect was it, it's pretty understandable that he lost that job. But uh, if Quincy Patterson can't go in the spring, then it'll be Zeb Nolan, uh, who also seems like he's a pretty good option. So, um, I mean, for anyone thinking that he's going to take, take a step back in quarterback play, uh, it's probably – well, I mean – if you want to get technical, these guys aren't going to be as good as Trey Lance, but they're not going to be they're not going to be bad by any means. They're still going to be pretty dang good quarterbacks. Yeah, no, it's uh, well, I mean, the Bison have such a great thing going over there right now. Um, could we just get all the teams here? And we can get the Cats and the Grizz back in. And I mean, they've talked about bubbles for basketball. Why don't we just send a bubble? We send a whole bunch of teams to Fargo and and uh, and and the such, and we just have some some games in domes for a few weeks, right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you'd love that. Why not? Why not? Right? Yeah, I can. I mean, you could have kind of the the high twenty nine there with with UND, NDSU, South Dakota State, South Dakota. They all have indoor facilities, and you know, just send teams from all over the country to the Dakotas, and <laughs> uh, and you know, play some football. I, you know, I, I don't I don't know how well that would work. It might end up being a disaster. But I mean, hey. Throw, throw all the options out there and, and try to get some games in. <laughs> Hero Sports FCS writer Sam Herter. Final question. With those teams that played a full fall schedule, how does that affect them if there is a playoff season coming up in May? Because it's going to be a long time before they've played, too. Yeah, so for it's the, the teams that it, it kind of, uh, it's kind of a mess <laughs> in a way, but you know, a lot of the teams that played a full uh, non a full non-conference schedule in the fall. They don't have interest in playing in the spring. So while, you know, Central Arkansas, you know, possibly could have gotten into the playoffs as an at-large bid, you know, just based off of what they did in the in the in the 
in the fall, you know, maybe that could have been possible. But for a lot of these teams that um, have opted out in the spring that played in the fall, they're just, you know, they're, they're good with what they played in the fall. But there is, you know, interesting, like Jacksonville State, they're set to play in the spring. They played four uh, fall games, and they went three and one. One of those wins was against an FBS opponent, and, and fall games do count toward your playoff resume. So, you know, while a lot of teams start the spring season zero and zero, Jacksonville State comes in with a three and one record and an FBS win, so they're already kind of ahead of everyone else when it comes to playoff resumes. So, yeah, just <laughs> I'm just excited for when for when things go back to normal, and hopefully that's the fall of 2021 oh, FBS season when there's just not so many different things to be tracking and what wins count, what wins don't, who's in, who's out, you know, which, which all American quarterback is coming back. Who's not. Right. Uh, yeah. It's just excited to get back to normal. Hopefully soon. Well, I appreciate the time as always. And uh, I saw a great tweet today from somebody over in uh, Cheney that said the Grizz are going to keep doing everything they can to not play in Eastern Washington. Uh, Cause they were scheduled to play at Eastern this year. So uh, I think it'll be now six years since the Grizz have last played in Cheney. Um, and I don't remember the last win out there. So uh, that was oh, one. Wow. Yeah. That was one thing. And also, you know, Cat Grizz fans, we didn't want two games in one season. I know everybody thought they do, but they mm-hmm. didn't. You know, I mean, especially when it's a, a half a game, really, um, this spring. So let's uh, let's be happy and hope we get just a full fall uh, 2021 season with fans in the stands and. And, and everything like that. But uh, appreciate the time as always, my man. Oh, it is real, it's it's National Hat Day today. So what is your go-to hat? Yeah, I'm not a, a huge hat guy, to be honest with you. It, it's really rare that, um, I, that I wear a hat, but I do have a, a sniffy-looking hero sports hat uh, that mm-hmm. I wear every now and then. Uh, but other than that, you know, I, you know I, I have gotten some hats from FCS fans, I know I have a Montana State hat. I have a in Idaho hat as well, but those are more so for just you know display rather than wearing around. Perfect. Hey, uh, appreciate the time. I'm gonna. I have to get a Hero Sports FCS hat to display here in the studio. So. Um, yeah, you know, I, I wish we could. Those were in hot demand, and we don't have any more to, to hand out. Uh, I, maybe I'll, some I'll down, buy down. one. <laughs> You'll be some. You'd be shocked at how many people have said that to us. Oh, I'll just buy one from you guys, and you know we don't really have <laughs> that capability of, of selling oh. those, or you know, I don't even know who who made them. Who? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of a a, a messy thing they're, there. They're collectors we owners. Yeah, we have new ownership with Hero Sports, so the the, the former the owners that made the hats and handed them out to everyone, they're you know obviously no longer own us. So yeah, it's just kind of a the going down a long road there and going down the rabbit hole with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Herter, Hero Sports FCS, uh, great writer, does great work, and you can follow him on Twitter as well. Appreciate the uh, the time, my man, and uh, hopefully we're talking about an actual fall season, but uh, we'll talk soon, my friend. All right, that sounds good. Thanks for having me on. Sam Herter joining us on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. So there you go, the Cats, the Grizz. Not going to play this spring. It, it's a modified spring schedule. They're going to play like two non-conference games, which it's like having two spring scrimmages is basically what it's going to amount to because they're not going to count it. They're not going to keep wins or losses or any of that. Um, quick break. When we return, we're going we're gonna to switch gears a little bit and talk budgets on a state level. 
as Greg Gianforte, the governor, his budget director, Kurt Almy, will join us next here on The Jason Walker Show. Storewide savings are what you'll find when you shop for new home furnishings at Rockers Furniture. This means tremendous values on Helena's largest in-stock selection of home furnishings. When you shop Rockers, you'll find storewide savings on the furniture you want for every room in your home. And you'll also find our selection of Serta iComfort, the most comfortable beds in Helena. 12-month financing is available with approved credit on most purchases over $299. Ask for details. You'll find storewide savings at Rockers Furniture, 1010 Dearborn, Helena. New vehicles keep coming, and Capital Collision Center keeps earning certifications to repair them. They're Helena's newest GM-certified facility. No matter the make or year, they repair your car to manufacturer's standards and requirements, maintaining its safety and value. Montana State Law says it's your vehicle and it's your choice where you have it repaired. Choose Capital Collision Center, certified in GM, Subaru, and Nissan, and Helena's only shop certified in Honda, Acura, and Ford. When you value safety, go to Capital Collision Center on Euclid. Who doesn't love being number one? When your team's dominating the standings or your favorite band rocks the charts at number one, it feels good, right? Kind of like how it feels when you have auto insurance with State Farm. Because making you feel like number one is an honor your local State Farm agent takes seriously. Through the good times and not so good, your State Farm agent's proud to be here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Mike Miller in Helena today. Have you thought about buying a home and just don't know where to begin? Well, when it comes to one of the most important purchases one can make, we understand it can be frustrating and confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Let the Major Mortgage Team help you with all your mortgage needs. Major Mortgage means major service, and we would love the opportunity to help you today. Give J.R. McFadden, NMLS number 1246357, a call today at 406-465-1918. Or you can visit him at 2001 11th Avenue, Building A, Suite 3 in Helena. Major Mortgage is a division of AMCAP Mortgage, NMLS number 129122. Equal housing lender. Welcome back. Jason Walker Show. A finally Friday. Of course, I mean, we kind of missed a, you know, a couple of weeks, holidays and stuff. But uh, back full next week, we will talk uh, capital coach Guy Almquist. He'll start joining us every week. Marlon Hargis from Exile will be a part of the, the show on Tuesday. The group Exile, yeah, that's right. Kiss you all over. He'll join us. That'll be fun. And uh, much, much more. So uh, real quick, though, uh, before we get to on this day in history, had a chance to catch up and talk budgets with Budget Director Kurt Almy from uh, Governor Greg Gianforte's office, and he joins us now here on the Jason Walker Show on the Mike Miller State Farm Hotline. Well, first off, I appreciate you joining us. Um, looking forward to uh, to chatting about the uh, the governor's budget and. Uh, I guess really the first question is um, why leave uh, your job and become the budget director for the state of Montana? Well, Jason, first, thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed uh, the opportunity to serve the state as U.S. attorney, dealing with our meth crisis and violent crime and and, uh, and dealing with missing and murdered indigenous women in Indian country. There's always, uh, uh, always good work to do and to get up for in the morning. 
Really appreciate this opportunity also, though, to get to serve the governor. Uh, he's coming in with a budget that is going to focus on good-paying jobs and focus on protecting our way of life here in Montana, both things that are near and dear to my heart. So uh, very excited to get to help him implement the comeback plan that he laid out for Montana during the campaign. We're going to dive into a couple of the details uh, here coming up, but what's the biggest difference, or is there a difference, between putting together a budget for the state of Montana as opposed to the budget for your household? Well, it's a little larger for the state of Montana, <laughs> certainly for my household. Uh, so a few more, little few more complications, but you know, a lot of the principles are the same, Jason. I mean, I'm making light of it, but uh, I know you meant it as a joke, but you know, end of the day, you got to spend within your means, and the state is no different than that. We have a constitutional requirement to balance our budget, and every year we get that done, and, and this year is no different. Kurt Almy joining us, the budget director for Governor Greg Gianforte. Uh, give me the the big the big details about this budget that was announced last week. The roadmap to the Montana comeback is what it's called. Give me some of the big takeaways here. You bet. Well, first thing, it preserves all our essential services. Uh, we're not cutting into anything that's critical to Montana, though we are holding the line on spending. We've reduced Governor Bullock's budget from last month by over $100 million, and that uh, creates a growth at less than 1% per year over the over the biennium. And of course, inflation is about uh, two to three times that. It eliminates the previous administration's $25 million withdrawal from uh, our, our rainy day fund, we're not going to need that to make it through COVID. And it provides $50 million in broad-based and targeted tax reductions that are going to help us get our economy jump-started as we come out of COVID and get good-paying jobs moving to Montana. Uh, we also are devoting about $24 million of new money to the Heart Fund to help deal with substance abuse prevention and treatment. And then finally, we have another $2.5 million in incentives to raise starting teacher pay, which, uh, Jason, we all know is, mm-hmm. is the lowest in the country. Yeah, and, and my dad's a superintendent, so uh, that, that one hits home uh, with the teachers. Um, diving into a couple of these a little bit uh, closer, uh, Mr. Almy, the one thing, too, I look at is the, the million-dollar investment in trades education, and I think that that – that is becoming a way to go. I mean, you look at what I do. You look at uh, welders or diesel mechanics or the such. Trade schools are kind of really kind of turning into the, the big way to uh, to invest in your own future. And I, I like this million-dollar investment that the governor's office is doing. You bet. You know, and, and it's, it's a way for people to uh, get higher-paying jobs. We know we need these trades, and it's – it's really helping out small businesses, and that's who this is targeted at. So what this credit is going to do is allow the employer and their employee to go out and get additional training in welding and, you know, training as an electrician, training whatever that trade is, and and the employer will get a 50% tax credit. So the employer's got some skin in the game, and they and the employee can decide directly, hey, what kind of training does the employee need? to make the employee uh, more productive and to help the business succeed. So there's no middleman. They don't have to fit inside some type of scholarship program. The employer and the employee can decide directly, hey, what kind of training do we need? What can best help our business? What will make me more marketable? And they'll get a 50% credit. 
to help them get that done. Oh, that is fantastic. Uh, Kurt Olme joining us, the budget director for the state of Montana. Uh, when you talk about this $50 million in broad-based and targeted tax relief, I'm not the, 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 the money guy in my family. It's my wife. Take me through this and, and how it works because there's all sorts of numbers. And for those of us like me that don't understand it, how does it work? Sure. So the, the most, most important piece of this is our income tax. When businesses are looking to relocate, businesses, of course, most of them pay the income tax. Most of them aren't corporations. And so they look to see where they have to pay the highest taxes. And back in 2003, we had the highest tax rate in the country, and we brought it down to where it is now, which is just shy of 7%. And that put us, that made us competitive in the Rocky Mountain West with our other states. Well, since then, our competing states have cut their rates. So we've got Utah, we've got Colorado, we've got Arizona, we've got New Mexico, who've all brought their rates down below 5%. And that makes it hard for us to compete because a new business coming to Montana has to hit their margins by more than 2% every year just to keep up with our higher taxes. So trying to get our top income tax rate more competitive is critical. The second thing is our capital gains rate. And that what I mean, that comes into play is if you're a new business owner, an entrepreneur, and you bring your business to Montana, someday when you sell your stock, you have to pay our capital gains tax on the sale of that stock. So if your business is you built it up and it's worth a million or ten million or fifty million, you have to pay a five percent capital gains tax on that. That's a lot of money if you do the math. Where they could go to Colorado, or they could go to Wyoming, or they could go to Nevada and pay zero. So the governor is recommending and proposing an entrepreneur magnet where if you bring enough jobs to Montana for a five-year period, when you sell your company, we won't, uh, we'll exempt you from the capital gains tax. But that's a way for us to get them to come. Otherwise, they won't come at all, and we'll get the good-paying jobs, and we'll get the income tax revenue from all the employees that are coming. So with those two tools, uh, Jason, we've got a governor who's a proven entrepreneur, and we've got a new director of commerce, Scott Osterman, who uh, was a senior executive up at Allied Materials in Kalispell, another proven uh, success story in the business world. And those two individuals are going to be out uh, telling telling people about the great quality of life we have in Montana, the great workforce, and our low taxes, and these uh, tax barriers we're eliminating, and seeing if we see if we can't get some of these businesses to come to Montana and bring these good-paying jobs with them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, uh... Better paying jobs is always a good thing, and I guess when you have a governor, it's almost like the president, uh, President Trump. You know, when you have a businessman in charge of certain things, a lot of things are going to get done uh, the right way, and, and better jobs are going to come in. And I, I like that. Uh, Kurt Almy joining us. You also mentioned the twenty-five percent for uh, property tax relief to low-income homeowners. That includes disabled vets and seniors, and I think that's a critical part, especially in Montana, where we do have a lot of seniors and we do have a lot of not only veterans but disabled veterans. And this is going to help them out too. Sure does. You know, we reappraise property in Montana every two years, and of course, we're uh, as property taxes or property values increase, which we want them to because when you sell your home, you sure want to get a, a better price for it. But property taxes are based on the value of the home. So as values go up, property taxes go up. And for low-income people, particularly as seniors, disabled veterans, that can, be a, that can be a challenge. And we never want to put somebody in a position that they can't stay in their home. So the governor is 
proposing uh, to increase by 25% the amount of funds that we put into those type of programs. So as we see the uh, as we see what the appraisal is going to look like, and the legislative tax committee start digging into it this session, uh, the governor has has slotted uh, another three million dollars a year in the budget to help be sure that no one gets put in a position where they can't afford to stay in their home. Uh, the final big point that you talked about, and this was something that hit close to your heart with your previous uh, uh, job uh, dealing with the method and, and everything, but. This is the heart fund and substance abuse in the state of Montana, especially the meth, but also other um, avenues. Uh, this is a big one for the state of Montana. And like I said, and a lot of people are dealing with addiction. Take me through the heart fund. Well, this is a game changer, Jason. Appreciate you bringing this up. We all know substance abuse is a major issue in Montana. It's uh, especially with meth that's causing our violent crime problem, which is the highest in the continental Northwest. It's filling our jails. It's straining our foster care system. It's stressing our hospitals. It's affecting our students. It's filling our drug treatment facilities. It's hitting in all areas. There are a lot of different areas in our communities. So what the governor is proposing is with the new marijuana tax revenues to take $6 million off the top, and put it in the heart fund together with some of the tobacco tax settlement proceeds. And every year we'll take $7 million out of that fund, we'll match it against federal Medicaid money, and that will provide about $24 million a year of new funding that will help us uh, provide opportunities and ways for local communities to deal with drug prevention and treatment. So, you know, if you're over in Billings, for instance, where they have Yellowstone Substance Use Connect, over 95 organizations have come together to put together put together a substance abuse prevention and treatment plan. They'll now be able to come to the state, and the state will have the full range of prevention and treatment services and funding that they can access in order to build a local plan to deal with prevention and treatment that hopefully can start turning the tide in the drug crisis. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, to following your work along with the new administration and, and Governor Greg Gianforte, and of course he's uh, he's been on the show. Now, do you hunt like he does? I not as often as he does. I tend to I tend to try <laughs> to get the lakes and streams uh, a okay. little more often than hunt. Yeah. Uh, so, what's your go to for uh, what, what what bait are we using out there? Oh, we're out there fly fishing, and, and yeah. uh, you know, down in Gellings, uh, we, we try to get up in those bare tooth lakes uh, as often as we can. Gotcha. Well, I'm looking forward to ta- talking uh, other stuff uh, in, as well as budget, but Kurt Almy, Budget Director for the State of Montana, appreciate you joining us, and uh, have yourself a great weekend, and uh, welcome into the administration. Thanks, Jason. You have a good weekend also. Kurt Almy joining us, and... Uh... Uh, you heard my little one, uh, little one in the background. Uh, mom, mom was getting her nails done uh, today while we were doing that interview. So uh, the little one was hanging out with daddy, and she got a little sad there at the end. But uh, she's okay. She's okay. But appreciate Kurt Almy joining us, budget director. Next week, Governor Greg Gianforte will join us here on the Jason Walker Show. Uh, all right. On this day in history, real quick, let's get to it. It is... January the 15th, it is National Hat Day. As we mentioned at the top of the show, that's why I'm wearing my hat today. It is my Colorado Mesa Mavericks rodeo team hat. Uh, it was just given to me last week by Coach Brandon Edwards. It is Strawberry Ice Cream Day. It is uh, Bagel Day as well. 
1892, Basketball Rules, first published in Triangle Magazine, written by James Naismith. 1934, Yankee slugger Babe Ruth, nearing the end of his career, signed a one-year contract worth 35000 a pay cut of 17000 1942, President Franklin D. Roosevelt sends his famed green light letter to MLB Commissioner Judge Kennesaw Mount Landis, earn, encouraging baseball to continue playing during World War II. Uh, also in 1942 on this date, the Chicago Cubs dropped plans to install lights at Wrigley because of the need of the military for materials. 35 years later, the Cubs finally got the lights. 1950, Terry Sawchuk, rookie goalie for the uh, Detroit Red Wings, records the first of his 115 career NHL shutouts. Uh, let's see here, 1964, Willie Mays becomes the highest paid player in baseball. The Giants signed him to a $105,000 per season contract. Uh, this is interesting. I mean, this is just cool. Martina, and so I'm not a Martina Navratilova fan. I was always a Chris Everett fan, but Martina was so good. Martina Navratilova, 54-match winning streak, ended on this date, 1984, beaten by Hanna Mandelikova uh, in the final of the Virginia Slims of California. After the loss, Martina would go on to win her next 74 matches. How about that? <laughs> so that is, what, 128 out of 129? Uh, happy birthday, Lord Frederick Stanley, born on this date in 1841, the British politician and the presenter of hockey's Stanley Cup. Uh, 1877, on this date, the U.S. Assay Office in Helena opened. Uh, 2016, couple of deaths. Uh, Dan Haggerty, Grizzly Adams passed away. Uh, and in 2018, three years ago already, I can't believe it, Dolores O'Riordan, uh, Irish musician, singer-songwriter from the Cranberries, drowns in her bathtub at the age of 46. So sad news there. Remember Bad Wolves a couple years ago did a fantastic cover of Zombie, though? So good. We're almost at the end of the show. What did we learn? And what did he miss? Time for the walk-off. We missed a couple of, or one thing for sure. Uh, Helena High girls are basically in quarantine until January 25th. Uh, Contact tracing. It's a couple of weeks past Christmas, so... Anyway, uh, so some games were rescheduled, including Crosstown uh, Varsity next week, and uh, there you go. So that uh, was set for January 22nd. They are out until the 25th, so the new times will be uh, – where are they at? Here we go. Uh, let's see. So last night's game with Big Sky has been rescheduled for February 16th. Uh, Crosstown has been moved to February 8th. And the freshman and sophomore teams for girls not had any changes. So just JV and varsity is affected. The So there you go. And the boys is not affected either. So there's that. All right. Uh, so if you're just joining us and, uh, and missed the news, the Cats and the Grizz are not going to play spring football Big Sky Conference schedule. They won't be doing it. They'll be playing a modified, like, two-game non-conference schedule. Basically, it's going to be like scrimmages. So, if you miss anything, you can go to jasonwalkershow.com. Thanks to Sam Herder and Kurt Almy joining us today. Will Rasmus and Katie Lynn Kraus this week. Next week, a lot of fun. You'll want to tune in starting on Monday. 
it will be good, good times. Uh, hope you had a, a great week. Have a great weekend. Good luck to all the competitors, the stock, the announcers, the crews, everybody up in Kalispell, Majestic Valley for the Montana Pro Rodeo Circuit Finals. Good luck to everybody. We'll have winners and results on Monday here on the Jason Walker Show. Good luck to all the teams. Get your nominations in. Jason at JasonWalkerShow.com for your auto contest performance of the week coming up Monday. We'll see you then. Jason Walker Show, presented by Capital Collision Center. Have a great weekend. The Jason Walker Show is produced by the Jason Walker Media Company. Any reuse, rebroadcast, or retransmission without the express written consent of the Jason Walker Show is strictly prohibited. Just listen, watch, and enjoy.